Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Doing well. Good. Doing All well. Right. All right. Well, uh, I was in the military once. I didn't choose to go, but I didn't fight it either. <laughs> but uh, there were certain disciplines that were known up there, and uh, some of them I just accept it because that's the military yeah. you know but it'd be much better if uh, the military was always uh, voluntary and of course we've expressed our concern is going to become mandatory so maybe they're getting prepared for mandatory services and all and they have to be woke yeah. <laughs> so we want to talk about some of this crazy stuff that's uh, that that's going on and when we do this and when I've read this article and what was happening my first question is why why but well, we've asked that on about just every crazy thing that they do and uh i always come up with an answer that's very similar and i might mention that again on why they do these things that seem to be insane but let's talk about what what they have started to do on, a, on an article in zero hedge it says uh, biden dod lets transgender service members skip deployments <laughs> just say well, we'll receive indefinite physical fitness waivers well if they don't want to if they don't want to go to war today we'll do it tomorrow but that'd be a good idea huh? yeah, really. and uh and and many other things and we'll probably even go over the list of crazy stuff to go on so it will go back to the question why 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 are, are, do they do these kind of things can this benefit the military can it benefit society uh, can it promote liberty and all these kind of things so uh that's a the memo came out just recently and it's a reason that has come up it's been around for a while but nobody saw it it was uh but but it wasn't classified but they sort of kept it secret yeah but the dossier uh, has uh, ha has acquired a new department of defense dod memo that goes in to great detail it's a memo 34 pages on yeah. these details on uh, what kind of uh, social conditioning you have to do and you have to change and uh, I guess they have the muscle to enforce it you know I was thinking you know maybe maybe if you're thinking about going in you might not join and there's a few, a few less people not joining yeah but what if you've been in for uh, 23 years and you were going for 25 yeah boy I tell you what it's just like in uh, corporate industry uh, why they don't take uh, take chances and be annoyed and uh, because they can lose benefits lose their job be canceled and all that kind of stuff so there's always this intimidation and force and this is this is what's going on here and now I don't you know the military is in trouble uh, recruitment is in trouble our foreign policy is in shambles yeah. uh, and, and yet they come along here and it looks like they want to put the nail in the coffin and the 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 end is near as far as i'm concerned just to sanity if if you don't come up with a reasonable explanation why do they do this and that uh, will not have an absolute answer but it might help people try to understand uh but but i i think the question is that all the time but certainly we're getting a reaction to this craziness and that's good you know and that's the boycott and a few other things but uh so th this is part of the, the environment that we're living with today and uh i i think it's uh it's an example of extremism at its worst yeah and the, 
if we can put up that first clip. Now, this is from uh, our friend Jordan Schachtel, who spoke at our Houston conference. Uh, we followed him for a number of years, and people ask who we read. Well, read, read Jordan. Uh, subscribe to his Substack. He's a great guy. Um, but he came out with this. He dug this up. Confidential Biden DOD memo, as you point out, Dr. Paul, reveals that transgender service members can skip deployments and receive indefinite physical fitness standards waivers. Sounds okay. Well, here's the actual memo. February 2023, the Defense Health Agency care of service members who identify as transgender. Now, remember, it was President Trump who put the kibosh on transgender people serving in the military when not only are they welcomed in, but they have a whole new set of rules to apply to their unique circumstances. Now, I remember when we were talking about women in combat many years ago, and the idea was, you know, as long as they can meet the same standards that men do, you know, they should be able to do it if they want to join the Marine Corps. And that seemed fine. Uh, then it was, well, we've got to lower the standards a little bit because obviously there are some differences between men and women, <laughs> you know, and that little bit. And that was basically remove standards altogether. There's no standards. If you want to get in, get in. And here are some of the things that Jordan, and, and I tried to read the 35-page memo. It was very long, written in kind of legislative language. <coughs> but thankfully, Jordan did the heavy lifting for us. And here's what he found out in his analysis of this 35-page memo. If we can put the next one on. <coughs> Jordan writes, and here are some of the highlights found within the document. Taxpayer-funded care, that means free for them, and you pay, for transgender service members includes, here's what they get for free, speech and voice therapy, cross-sex hormones, laser hair removal, voice feminization surgery, facial contouring, body contouring, breast and chest surgery, genital mutilation sur surgery, psychological counseling, well, I understand that one, and let's go to the next one because this is, there's more. But wait, there's more. Uh, and this is the part that's actually even more important, I think. Service members who identify as transgender may receive a waiver for grooming and uniform standards. Okay. Service members who identify as transgender may receive an indefinite waiver for physical fitness standards. This waiver often becomes a de facto permanent situation. And the transgender identifying service member just has to renew the exemption every six months. And here's one that really got me, Dr. Paul. Number four, service members who identify as transgender will be considered non-deployable for up to 300 days while taking hormones for their transition period. Again, given that these hormones are often required for life, this may render the transgender identifying service member as permanently unable to deploy. So we're going to have a military filled up with people who are permanently exempt from going to fight. That doesn't sound like such a great idea to me. It sounds to me like we've about eliminated the purpose of the military, <laughs> if you're going to have one. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we did it with the borders. We started with about getting rid of national security is the borders are open and we have that uh, horrible mess there. Uh, but if, if they can't if they can't go on proper things, I mean, we would still argue the case that uh, it, we shouldn't be doing a lot of that, but that's not the issue here. This is, this is the issue of uh, wokeism and, you know, indoctrination. And uh, yet I think 
what what is happening is they've literally gutted the whole purpose yeah. of having a military and uh, the principle of a military in defense of a country you know originated with the founders they they did believe in that because that's how they became uh, free from the British so this is a uh, this is something that uh, I think it's really major uh, major and I think you said that this is one of the big ones of all this mess that you read and boy I'd have to agree with that this is big this might be the nail in the coffin of the purpose of the military and um, I don't know it's a struggle if uh, to find anything good about it because this is an extension of a philosophy that's encroaching it's so, sort of secondary to you, you, know, you know all this wokeism at home and uh, post-genderism and, uh, and all, all this stuff so this this is a this this is a mess that uh, I think is not going to go away until the people decide they've had enough and uh, maybe it's existing already maybe maybe the fact that nobody wants to go anymore yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. maybe it's already started and uh, that's great but what, what we did the other day is express well what would that concept what would the consequence be huh how do these people think well oh we have a draft and uh, if slavery has yeah. never been really banned in this country if you happen to be 18 years old and they need you to become a cannon fodder someplace around the world so uh, no they, they enslave people yeah. and uh, and that that to me is uh, you, you know a bad situation I don't uh, I don't think uh, that uh, the, the founders intended a military a military like this yeah well you know in the Soviet times, they had in all, you know, industry, you know, because it was all state-owned industry, there were the actual workers, but there was also a class of people who represented the party, and they are the ones who made sure that they maintained the party ideology at the workplace, and they were immune from so many different aspects. We're sort of creating this two-tiered society, whereas if you are deemed as ideologically correct, you're exempt from anything else. You're set, you're made. It seems to be that we're getting to that point. But the, the thing that gets me, Dr. Paul, is this kind of disconnect, and it's almost Orwellian, because it's almost like when they said, hey, um, there's no such thing as natural immunity, they expect you to believe something that you've known to be false at the same time. And all the other things they said about COVID, we bring it up, you know, you, you have to wear a mask, that's never been true in history. So all of these things they brought up that you're supposed to accept that you know were wrong, and in fact that they told you the day before were wrong. <laughs> you know, Fauci said, no mask, the next day mask. I've always said masks. And, and, and now they're basically telling you that, yes, we are going to fight China and Russia at the same time. But at the same time they tell you that, they say, everyone in the military doesn't have to fight <laughs> if they identify as transgender. And it's, it, 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 in a way, it insults your intelligence so much. But I wonder, as you, as you say, if that's not the point, to insult your intelligence so much that you simply become a nihilist and don't believe anything. Yeah, you know, this change in language, I just can't quite visualize how it's going to be when, when a few people have been there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and they've been conditioned to say, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. Are they, what are they going to say? Yeah. Well, they'll have to say something else because there'll be social justice warriors out there. And uh, if you're, they'll put a lot of pressure on them because some of them are there, you know, for, for financial reasons that are willing to gamble with this. And they, they might 
what if there are 10 year or 20 year people, like I said, uh, they're put in a terrible position yeah. for that and, uh, and they can't even say anymore. There, there used to be a lot of rationalization. People would join uh, the, the National Guard yeah. uh, because we were supposed to protect our homeland. But, but now, immediately just last week, what was it, uh, 3,000? taken up and sent someplace else. Yeah. Our Coast Guard's all yeah. around the world. Yeah. Of course, our empire's all the way around the world, so I guess that's our coast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, as you said earlier, I mean, maybe maybe it's not a bad thing if we fill the military full of this. Maybe we'll stop picking fights everywhere, <laughs> you know. But um, So anyway, I mean, we kind of have a theme today. If you, want, if, if you want, we can move on because this is something that caught our attention. And it really is. I mean, I guess this would be under the heading of uh, the attack of the wokists and also the war on women. If we can put the next one on, our friends from the Epoch Times, big makeup brand faces boycott calls for using bearded man in lipstick ads. So this was the Amazon Prime days, and they used an influencer to sell, if you can put the next one on, Maybelline. They brought him on board to sell their lipstick and lip gloss and all kinds of other stuff that ladies put usually on their face. And this is from the Daily Callers right up on it. Maybelline taps bearded man to sell lip gloss is how they put it. And the whole thing is uh, that those, now there's calls for boycott as if they hadn't learned from Bud Light, from Disney, from Target. They just keep doing it. See, I, I, I wasn't smart enough to figure out that they were selling lipstick to women. I thought they were se selling lipsticks to this 1% transgender <laughs> people. But, it, but anyway, it's, it's back to what I said on the, our previous issue. And that it, the end is near when yeah. you see this stuff. Something is crazy is going on, you know, and it's values. It has to do with, an, uh, you know, a higher law. It has to do with decency and uh, what is the goal. Yeah. And I have the only thing that I have been able to get into my brain that sounds logical is, is they have stated in the past about cultural Marxism and Marxism that they can't fix they can't become Marxists now because there's too too many people know the secret of incentives and merit. You know, the, the idea of merit has come up and they're talking more about it. They can't stand that. So they can't repair that or systematically remove it. They got to just destroy it. And then when the chaos comes, they're going to move in. And they, but that is something, that, that isn't a conspiracy theory. theory. That's actually written yeah. there. Marx talks about it. Yeah. And they were always looking to destroy the society and they would rebuild it. And that's how they could get rid of all these people who have incentives to making profits and taking care of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is where your optimism is probably warranted, um, which is the, your, what you often say, which is what people are waking up. Because, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday on a different topic, but when these outrages come forward, people are no longer just kind of taking it on the chin and lying down. They're saying, you know what? I'll boycott that, and I'm going to boycott that. I'm not going to drink Bud Light, and Bud Light goes, Ksh. I'm not going to go to Target. Ksh. I'm not going to eat Ben and Jerry's. Ksh. I'm not going to go to Disneyland over and over again. But, you know, there's been a change, and maybe it was lockdown that made the change, but there's been a little bit of this all along, and somebody would have, they'd be upset about something a company did, and they would announce, oh, let's boycott them, and they'd, yeah. they'd try to stir it up. It never really yeah. worked. Yeah. But, boy, I'll tell you now, uh, some of these companies that still think they should make profits, see, once again, who's going to finally get them to quit? It's the stockholder, yeah. you, you know. 
know, that, that the stockholder is going to, and they won't all be woke people. Yeah. They were in there for financial reasons. They're saving for their retirement. They're going to finally say, uh, you know, that, that, that enough is enough. We, we don't want all this thing. We want to protect our investments. We want to protect our, uh, protect our retirement funds. But, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but was, this won't do it. <laughs> yeah, leave your politics at home. It's like the great story you told about your father. You know, let's don't tell our customers what our politics. Oh, yeah, that, is, we were, you know? it was sort of, it wasn't a big deal, but it was sort of uh, an education thing. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not good to talk about, about Republicans and Democrats yeah. and all these positions and all. Yeah. <laughs> so, Transgender cows or something. But he understood it, you know, uh, in, a, in a more sensible era, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is on the same line. Now, this is probably the, one of the biggest stories of the year right now. I have to say, <laughs> okay. and I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan of of modern country music. Um, I like classic country music, uh, you know, Johnny Cash and you know, Texas Swing. But anyway, this is a big star. Put this up. This is now. This isn't the same thing. It, you know, basically the subtitle of "Go Woke, Go Broke." Put this next one on. This is really. I read about this yesterday. I was. It's really big on Twitter right now and yesterday. Uh, this fellow's name is Jason Aldean. He's a country music star, modern country. Quote, most contemptible song of the decade. Country music TV bans Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town video. And they did it after huge pressure from the usual media elites. Put the next one on. Here's what happened. Here's how his music was reviewed. Uh, Variety's Chris Wallman exclaims in a story titled, Jason Aldean already had the most contemptible country song of the decade. This video is worse. He said, Aldean's Try That in a Small Town is close to being the most cynical song ever written. And the Daily Beast published one of its most high profile criticisms of the song with the title, Jason Aldean Catches Heat for Racist Pro-Gun Lyrics, a modern lynching song is what they called it. And so, Let's skip the next one and let's go to the next one because I read that and I thought, wow, this is pretty heavy duty. What's this guy going on about? This has got to be some really heavy stuff. Go to the next one if you can. Yeah, here's the lyrics. Um, and I'm not going to read them all. It just, uh, but basically, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. And I thought, okay, that reminds me of Lake Jackson and basically every town in Brazoria County, you know, and I can see it's got a little bit of that redneck feel to it, and people here are proud of that. The other lyric that I didn't put on because it was too long because it's, 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 it basically said, they say they want to come for our guns. Well, that might fly in the big city, but it won't fly down here, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So... When I read all the hype about it being a lynching song, I expected a little bit more than something I would hear literally at any <laughs> at any coffee shop here in the area. See, see we should be uh, encouraged, no matter what subject it is, it has them to do with peace or freedom and prosperity and all. But it doesn't seem to work that way. But for this, these people who have uh, the the loudest speaker right now, you know, you know they have the bully pope. And they call this the most contemptible song of the decade. Now, I don't follow any of this, 
but you know, I am really interested in it now. Yeah. You know, I might even like the music. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll go look at it. But uh, you know, you know, it's um, it's it's over the top again. It's it's uh, it's it's too too far gone. And I think they hurt themselves. I, I think what they do is they they destroy their credibility, and uh, they uh, they they no longer will be viable. You know, pretty soon they'll say. Well, we got a good one now. This will do it because we hate a couple people, and we just found out there's going to be two indictments today against Trump, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we got to go yeah. after him. You know, this sort of thing just over and over. They lose all credibility. You know, and and, and not only do they lose the credibility, sometimes what they're saying backfires. Like I, like I was kidding. Maybe this will increase people. Hmm. That is, uh, that's, I gotta go get, a, yeah. get, get that song. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, um, it, it's really, uh, you know, it's easy for me to look at some of this stuff and divide it into two categories, good and evil, yeah. you know, and uh, all variations of both sides. Well, as someone uh, pointed out in the comments uh, that uh, you talk about lyrics being coarse, uh, you're basically your average rap song, whether it's a white or a black star, they do talk about some things that are very aggressive, and we won't go into those. So compared to the, a lot of those songs, and I've listened to some of those, I have to say, this is pretty tame. But here's what the artist himself said, um, if we can put that next one up. Here's how he explained his song, and that's just kind of how I took it. He said, try that in a small town, according to Aldine, is rooted in nostalgia for the tight-knit community he grew up in, where people cared for their neighbors regardless of their background or beliefs. That's just kind of how it sounded to me as well. But the crazy thing is, and actually the reason why this is a good news story, is that they tried to cancel him. They took him off country music television, and he's still number one on the country <laughs> charts. Number yeah. one. Yeah. So you they know, helped him. I got, that got my attention when he was talking about in the community he grew up in. Of course, I think about where, where I grew up. And, a lot of the conversation by the adults had to do with uh, the uh, depression. Uh, I was very young, but they talked about it for a long time. But it was also, you, you know, the, the war issue. So those kind of things generally brought, back then, they brought communities together. Yeah. Uh, th that's, that's not it, because uh, they, they were more justifiable or something. And, but but the, the atmosphere, the moral atmosphere was so different, it, t it tended to bring, bring communities together. But now it, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't do that. It's just, oh, this is another opportunity for the blast time. but the results are what really count so uh, if he's still selling records and still don't want to listen to him uh, that that sounds good to me <laughs> and I, I confess I did listen to it a couple times yesterday and it was actually pretty good I, I mean I think it was it's, again I'm not a huge fan of that but it's pretty good um, and it had a very catchy tune but here's our friend Jonathan Turley and I didn't realize when we thought we were going to talk about this today I didn't realize that Turley wrote about it, and I'm really happy he did because he puts his unique spin on it. He says, you know, I don't love every one of those lyrics, but, and let's put this next one up. Here's his main point. He says, advocacy groups are now taking credit for country music television canceling Jason Aldean's song. These critics are tone deaf to the implications <laughs> of such censorship, given our long history of protest songs, as I discuss in today's column. And if you go to the next one, this is from his column. Um, he says, country music singer Jason Aldean's hit single, Try That in a Small Town, secured two distinctions this week. It hit number one in the country charts, and it was pulled by country music television. And he goes on, 
putting aside CMT's effort to become the Bud Light of music networks, the decision to yield to the intense cancel campaign is an abandonment of the principles of artistic freedom and free speech. Great Turley there. Yeah. Not complicated either. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it isn't anything like they describe it because, you know, the end, end of times are here because they're in charge of the children from day one, you know, this whole thing, that uh, people can't take care of themselves uh, morally, independently, they can't care for their uh, retirements. It just, look, the government has rescued a lot of people. Uh, there's a, side, a couple of side effects. Sometimes the people don't quite make it and they end up on the street. And there's a few people are living on the street these days. So uh, that's why, that baffles me sometimes is, I think we in the freedom movement have such an astounding philosophy on what it is like to have individual liberty and have rules of nonviolence, no yeah. aggression, and how successful it's been. There's no evidence to show that this authoritarian stuff, this stuff that you're hearing in Washington, you do this, you do this, and we have to take care of people. If you don't, you're the immoral person. Yeah. So if you don't go along with this, you know, if, if you don't go along with this idea that 2% of the people can dictate what they want by taking away some liberties of the 98% and uh, that you're the bigot. Yeah. And they've been able to handle, you know, being able to handle that and convince people that. And, of course, that uh, involves social media and a lot of other things. But it really boils down to individuals um, deciding which side of this they're on, whether they even think of, what is this higher law? You mean yeah. people are supposed to know what's right and wrong? Oh, no, that's stupid. That We gave up on that just like we gave up on the Constitution a long time ago. <laughs> you don't want to have the Constitution. That might invite you to think what right and wrong is. Yeah. Well, I get double Texas points because I was listening to the song while I was driving through Whataburger. So I get I get double Texas credit, I think, for that one. I don't usually go there, but I, I did. <laughs> anyway, speaking of speaking of the Constitution, here's the uncancelable Senator from Kentucky put the next one up. Senate votes down measure to rein in NATO war-making authority. Go to the next one for the explanation. Senator Paul put in an amendment stating, it is the sense of Congress. Now that's interesting because that brings a lot of bells with us. It's a sense of Congress that Article 5 of the North Atlantic Treaty does not supersede the constitutional requirements that Congress de declare war before the U.S. engages in a war. That seems like a statement that on its face is objectively true. Congress didn't believe that. Believe right, that. and there's two things. One, the treaty and the position of the treaty and how you change it, how you get out. But the other one is the principle that he's talking about there, that, the cost, that you can't go to war without a declaration. Yeah. And, and I've often cited the fact that the, the first thing after World War II uh, was, uh, you know, the United Nations. What was their first act? To go to war without a declaration of war. And, and we're still you know, in a battle there that was never settled. You know, it, it, did not, it didn't, didn't settle by our, by our surrender and, and leaving Vietnam. They, they became uh, unified more after we left, and there was a lot more peace and prosperity after we left. Yeah. But, that, but people don't see that, and they don't understand it, and they keep thinking, no, you have to have authoritarians telling us uh, uh, what, what to do. But... But what they're talking about is that if they, what they did was, uh, if that goes all the way through, 
They amended the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. They, they canceled that out. Of course, having the treaty, you could probably say, uh, you know, even going as far as they did, but they did protect it. And uh, I think in most of our treaties, that is in there, that uh, you, we still maintain the right that we can veto it and have a vote in, in, in our legislature. Yeah. But uh, now, by this, this is a statement which uh, sort of is going in the opposite direction, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, there are a couple of things about it, too, is that if you read Article 5, it is very explicit. It does not obligate any NATO member to go to war if another member is attacked. The language is absolutely unequivocal. It says other nations, other members of the treaty take, can take actions as they deem appropriate. So up to and including the use of violence, you could just simply send them a wish. I wish you well. Sorry, the Russians came in, Poland. Wish you well. Good luck, guys. There is absolutely no obligation. But by, by rejecting what Senator Paul, and I'm sure I, I, I'm not in his brain right now. I suspect that he was doing this to give them a lesson. Listen, guys, this is what Article 5 is about. It doesn't obligate us to do this. So, you know, stop huffing that copium and start thinking in, in real terms. And they rejected it 16 to 83. That's a bad, that's you know, a bad vote. Uh, over the years, this subject has come up. But the statements made by many, whether they're academicians or military people or the average person, uh, it's been said in the papers and on TV all the time, oh yeah, an attack on this country means an attack against us all. They say it all yeah. the time, and that, they've been glossed, it's been glossed over. So just getting this out in the open, maybe some people will think about it, but it was sort of an automatic, no matter what it said. Most people uh, accepted the idea, but people did make a joke about it. They said, how many people, how many people are going to come to the rescue if, uh, of the United States if we have an invasion by Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think anybody's going to really help us out? But then, then you have to introduce the factor of our empire, and that makes it a little more confusing, too. Yeah. And for all their grandstanding in Congress, literally nobody believes, who has any clear vision of anything, that the United States is going to risk nuclear annihilation for Latvia or Estonia. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, you know? that's right. So I'm going to close out if you think we've, we've done enough damage here um, uh, with our last clip. And do want to thank our live chatters like I did yesterday. I was checking out you guys. You're chatting away there. But I want to remind you all on September 2nd, 2023, that you must, absolutely must come to Dulles, Virginia and join us for Which Way America. Our old friend Jeff Dice is going to be there. Ron Paul is going to be there. Doug McGregor is going to be there. Everyone who's cool is going to be there. That's why you got to get your tickets. I will put a link when we're done uh, to the website where you can get your tickets and come join us. Uh, have a great lunch, hear great speakers, and meet great people. What more can you ask for? So back to you, Dr. Good. I'm, I'm going to close with a, a quote uh, dealing with the first subject we talked about, uh, with the changes in the rules and being more tolerant of, uh, uh, of people who think that they deserve special privileges. And the list that uh, Daniel read, that's special privileges. It has nothing to do with, with rights. It has nothing to do with national defense. It has nothing to do with common sense. But... Uh, 
uh, the, the part of the statement from the Defense Department said at the beginning of his tenure, uh, President Biden ended President Trump's ban, and we mentioned that earlier, on people who identify as transgender serving in the military. Since then, the Biden administration has granted more and more benefits to this cohort, leading to dudes like this being celebrated by the Defense Department. And that was the example that we were using. That uh, that should you know wake up people. As bad as it seems, and we complain uh, once again. Well, who maybe just have heard about this? Uh, it's only been around a week. Uh, how many people will? How, how is this going to spread? Where, where's the next boycott? Will there be a boycott? Already, we suggest that the boycott against the military is beginning, and that is a double-edged sword because what we fear is that it, they'll never, uh, you know, say, "Well, we don't need a draft." The the principle of the draft's been around for a thousand years. You know, when they need when they need people to fight, because my argument is. The 18-year-olds of two different countries don't get together and say, oh, you know, it's a good idea. Why don't we fight each other and see how many we can kill? It's always done by the promoters of authoritarianism and money and behind the scenes that they take it, the advantage and turn it into a political thing and saying, if you don't support the war, you don't support the troops and you don't support peace. And the opposite is true. But with with a, principles of, of a, a republic means that uh, war is very rare and it's used for the defense of a country after having been attacked. And that would make a big difference and that's what was intended by the founders. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.